You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 3-2, and a drive to right field. This ball's well hit. Judge back, and it's gone. Chaz McCormick goes the opposite way for a home run, and it is now 3-1 to one Astros. This is Dirt and Sprague. And the pitch. Swing and a line drive. Base hit center field. Profar is in. Soto on his heels. Cronenworth will stop at third. Brandon Drury delivers. Padres lead it 6-4. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. Bring it ahead. 26 seconds remaining. Hart breaks free of Harder into the lead of the glass. He it and he fouled. Josh Hart taking his time with a slow motion dribble drive. The Blazers lead by four. Dirt and Sprague on 1080, the fan. All right, 602 in the Rose City. Time for Dirt and Sprague on Portland Sports Leader 1080, the fan. Good morning. Happy Thursday. Wow, who's Ramsey what is jacked is this morning? Abaddon! That's an undefeated blazer horn right there. That's uh, what that is. Road to 82-0, oh, baby. That is the alert to all of our Rip City <laughs> citizens that we are 1-0. Oh. That was actually for uh, one listener and one listener only. Oh, one guy? One gal? Uh, one gal. Okay. Says she's 83, named Carol. 83, named Carol. Good morning, Tweeted Carol. us yesterday that she did not get eye porn, and I thought, I... I I played it, and she said, well, damn, I'm, I hope I didn't lose my hearing. Carol. And so, Carol. We play the horn every morning. I play the horn every yeah. morning. Unless you're not here. Right. Then we don't play the horn. And, well, we need to figure that out, because when I'm gone, I need to leave you the horn. No, it's okay. And uh, there you go. There's an extra hype horn for Carol. You know what? That felt good. That felt like a great hype horn, because we have a lot of sports to talk about. There's too many sports to talk about. And it is the last 70-degree day of the of for God knows how long. This is it. We got one more, fellas. We got one more. I'm really bummed. I, I was... Um, you have one opportunity. Are you going to waste it? <laughs> what time's your tea time again? 11.50. <laughs> oh, man. Straight up at 1 o'clock this Dude, afternoon. Dude, I just... I want to play so bad. This is it, folks. We got one... This is it. Like, you look at the weather. You know that rain's know, coming tomorrow. And we're not going to see that little yellow ball in the sky for at least six months. The course you're playing, uh, it owns me. But there's a part of me, it's like imagining walking off for the golf season, and that's my last round, and I break 80 at that course. Ooh. Oh, my God, I'd go in the offseason feel amazing. You go drink a beer on the patio. Oh, you know, let's not take all my time. I mean, come on, great. I got to be a dad at some point. You relax, you're tallying up your scores. How many fairways did you hit? Sun's beaming down on you. It's a glorious <laughs> afternoon. No, I'm getting competitive now with my youngest kid, so <laughs> can't spend too much time drinking beers. No, you got to stay level-headed. 
What are you getting competitive with? Sports or school? I wish it was it was sports. It's it's school. Uh, My youngest is she's not the biggest fan of school, and so it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a fight. And yesterday I saw there was a a person I know once a time once upon a time babysat. She had a kid unexpectedly at a very young age. Kudos to her. She kept it. She is a fantastic mother. Mm -hmm. She works her ass off. You know, we're really proud of her out here. I follow her on Instagram, and she posts a thing, and her daughter, I think, is a year younger than mine. And she posts a thing, and it said, like, reading at a second grade level. (laughs) Math, 80 percentile. And I went, my kid's in the 10 percentile in math, (laughs) and I don't even think my kid can read. And so it's just been the last, this whole week has been me, like, spending an hour and a half. We're just like, sight words, fine, so, see, they, say, we do, are reading. Are. We are reading and math. And she's getting pretty good. She's picking it up pretty well. well but, that's good. Uh, I'm getting, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, like, disgustingly competitive about it, and I don't know why. You're like the parent and karate kid, man. Sweep the leg! Got to take the other kid out. We can't have other kids being smarter than your kids. Yeah, no, I mean, there's going to be kids smarter than her, but uh, it's just you don't want your kid to fall behind. And in the, the modern era of school, we're asking these teachers to, to teach two grades at the same time. I'm not kidding. My, my daughter's teacher teaches first and second grade. It is a combined class. That's odd. And there's too many kids per class. So it's like it's not the teacher's fault, but some kids are going to get a little left. And so it's kind of up on us to be the pseudo second teacher here. Yeah, when you get home, you got to do the extra studying. Yeah. Isn't it funny how the, the education system has turned into that? It is sad. And really, the early years are extremely formidable for children. Like, yes. they're very important. They're huge. Age, like preschool age, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff, like three through five ish, those are vitally important for kids down the road. Which, when you think about it, it was like, ah, you know, you're a three year old. What do you remember from being three years old? Right. But you're laying the foundation for your educational future. Your life skills start. Look at us. Starting on a very serious note today. Well, not only uh, is it the last nice day. I don't even, How long out are we talking? Like maybe the rest of the year? I mean, I'm sure we'll get one of random sunny days here or there. But we ain't hitting days, 70 degrees again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think we're in the, May, we're lucky April. To get in the 60s. Really? So. Yeah. Okay. Well, I like a good 60 degree weather day. Oh, I'm cool with 60. Yeah, the links in play there. But I was um, ambitious. I made a tea time for next Wednesday. Buddy wants to play. I'm like, you got rain gear? <laughs> I mean, the courses should still be in good shape. Yeah. You know what I mean? The rain won't bring it down too far. I don't see a deluge coming. What? I hope not, because I'm going to be, it's, it, I feel like I've seen reports of that in Eugene on Saturday. And I'm what not word very did you excited. just say? Deluge? I don't know what that is. Uh, a downpour? Oh. Yeah. Oh. I've never heard that expression in my life. Have you? Different word for downpour, yeah. I've never heard that before. I'm big on weather. A deluge? A 90% chance of rain on Saturday in Eugene. Well, the percentage is high, but I don't think it's going to be coming down in sheets. Yeah. It's probably going to be a constant middle sprinkle. Constant. Yeah. It's a 50 to 70% chance of rain all day. Yeah. So it's a constant rain. It's, it's a constant It's not rain. a monsoon, but it's constant. Yeah. It's going to be there. If yeah. you're outside all day, you'll be soaked at some point. And yeah. you're going to stay for the game, right? Oh, hell yeah. Are you wearing a poncho? Do you got gonna, I got a rain jacket. Do I got you? a duck rain jacket okay. I could wear. Oh, a duck I rain jacket. I usually like oh. watching on the sidelines, but if it's going to rain so much, I don't know if I'm going to watch on the sidelines. And 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 look, let's can we just be honest here? This is the trust tree. 
It's a bit of a bummer. It's not perfect 65-degree weather for those two teams to play football. Am I wrong? It is, yeah. Let's there's, put a dome on Autzen. <laughs> Make sure it never rains. It never rains at Autzen, so, <laughs> you know, we already have a dome technically. There is an account out there that's, I think, a UCLA fan that's trying to get Duck fans all riled up, and he had one yesterday that I read, and I just started laughing because a lot of people took the bait, and it was basically UCLA is going to win because their or Dan Lanning's never coached in the rain before. He's coming from Georgia. It never rains in Georgia. Chip Kelly's coached in the rain. He coached at Oregon, so he knows how to handle it. Really? It was one of, but it was one of those kind of trolley kind of tweets that you knew what he yeah. was trying to do. And so many Duck fans took the bait, and I had a good chuckle about that. Yeah. No, that's. Um, I just hope it doesn't like play a huge factor in the game. Hey, yeah. balls wet it's on the ground. Did <laughs> UCLA recover the football? Did you see what Chip Kelly was doing at practice yesterday? Oh, we're, were playing we doing noise? wet balls. <laughs> he was walking around during punt return drills with yeah. a water bottle, just squirting players in the back of the helmet. Hey, that's a smart move. I would be I mean, spraying I, him in the front of the helmet. Yeah, I, I think you need a little bit more water than a squirt squirt on yeah. the back of the helmet. That's not going to quite duplicate rain, but I, I see the method coaching there. Did you see that they're playing a lot of noise and somebody made a joke and be like, oh, all they've heard is noise because there's been more fans of the other teams at their football games than their own fans. <laughs> what are we doing here? They're already ready for a road game. <laughs> they haven't played in front of fans all year. This is the first time, man. No, they haven't. Uh, Dan Lanning, by the way, programming note is going to be on our station today. He'll be on with Isaac and Zook at 4 o'clock. Uh, he was not on last week, and he was recruiting. Yeah, I made it in a game, so yeah, yeah out, out recruiting. I, I, yeah, I see a lot. I'll push back a little bit here. This is not just to Dan Lanning. I Almost every coach does this that does radio hits in the country. Uh-huh. I feel like bye weeks are kind of a good week for an interview. Of all the weeks to talk to people, you kind of air it out a little bit. Yeah, you kind of, hey, you know, that was the midway point of their season. Hey, Dan, you're halfway through your first year. You guys are this. You're ranked this. How you feeling? And I get it. You're recruiting. You're on the road. And yeah, those guys don't really like doing media anyway. But it's more just I've always felt like bye week is a great week for an interview. If I was a coach, one – if I was a coach, I would absolutely agree to do interviews with a lot of people. Two, I wouldn't be working 17-hour days. Sounds <laughs> awful. No work-life balance at all. And three, I would get really excited about a bi-week interview. Hey, guys, what are we talking about? You want to talk about the team? You want to talk about anything else? Like, a, <laughs> shoot my way. Go ahead. I'd be away. one of those super open. I'd be kind of Mike Leach in terms of, like, how I would be with the media. He's had some great clips this year. Yeah. He had the wedding thing that yeah. went super viral. Like, I would have fun if I was a coach. <laughs> yeah, the gal was getting married, and she asked him. I think it was pregame or even postgame. Like, it, it was postgame. It was on the field. That's ballsy to ask that. Like, well, that's, and he was right, by the way. He was, yeah. I mean, it's one thing to ask that in, like, a Tuesday news conference or a radio interview, but yeah. right after a win, there's nobody else that's going to give you an answer like that. Isn't there a part of you that can admit now we're, we're, we're enough time removed at this point, even though it doesn't always feel like it? There's a part of you that's kind of glad that you didn't have to do a wedding, right? Uh, yes and no. I know it's devastating for her yeah. and that experience not having it. It's like that, that would have been a great memory. Your yeah. buds would have been there smoking stogies. Swag would have been caught with his pants down, peeing in a bush. Jesus, Swagard. Yeah, class it up here, Swag. But you just don't have to deal with the headache of the, like, four days of leading into it and then even, like, right after you're hungover and it's like, oh, I got a function now. I'm a honeymoon. (laughs) I think there's pluses and minuses to both sides. Because if we would have had a full wedding, we would have wanted what we had. And because we had what we had and we couldn't have a full wedding, we kind of wanted a full wedding. 
Gotcha. Right? It goes, it's like whatever you couldn't have, you were going to want. Because yeah. I hear everybody that actually gets a full wedding and marriage, they always say, I wish we would have just signed a piece of paper and, and got done with it and not made a big deal out of it. You would have right. saved a ton of money and a ton of headache. And then people that have small weddings that couldn't have big weddings, it's like, well, that's kind of sucked. I didn't get to see my ex- extended family. Mm. My friends couldn't be there. Coworkers couldn't come. So I think there was pluses and minuses to both. But ultimately, yes, I'm happy that I got married the way that I got married. You should have grown The up. wife was not. Yeah, the wife is. I mean, look, I, yeah, Michelle's not going to be happy about any of that ever. But uh, you should have just grown up like me and hated all your family and been happy not having people at your wedding. <laughs> Oh, God, the drama of who to invite, who not to invite, who's on the list, who's not on the list. Who's the who's the person that's going to ruin everything for you the day of? Oh, totally. You, you know, know they're I mean? in there. Like, yeah. Ann Eileen wants to see you. The ceremony's in 15 <laughs> minutes. No. Tell her to shove it. No. And now Ann Eileen is mad at you because you were mean to her. And, like, what? why? There's why? just unnecessary drama that comes from that kind always. of stuff. There's always. There always is, man. Uh, all right, well, let's get it going. Well, look at us on the clock today. Look at that. We're dialed in. One segment in. We've got two guests at 7.30. Mike Yam is going to join us. Now, we'll ask him his thoughts on UCLA, Oregon. He does do Pac-12 Serious XM Radio. This is the beauty of Mike Yam. We can talk both. We talk about the Pac-12 game this week, and it's really the game of, of consequence. Oregon State's going to roll Colorado. Yeah. Uh, UW-Cal, Stanford-ASU. I don't know what that does for people, but um, we got Oregon-UCLA. We'll ask Mike Yam about that. And then we'll dive into a little football. You know, he was at his first SoFi Stadium football game. Uh-huh. He was at the Charger-Bronco game. Okay. And I'd love to get his thoughts on the AFC West and how that whole thing is stacking up, the NFC West. I want to know how many, what percentage of those fans are Bronco fans. Was it like 70-30, 60-40? Like, what's the split in there? There's a part of me, I, didn't, I don't know if I brought this up. I got really upset on Monday uh-huh. because I continue to be pissed that they are in L.A. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. They, they 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 are the only team that plays six seventeen road games, and San Diego deserved a good stadium. That fan base supported that team, and they just up and left. And nobody in LA is a Charger fan. Nope. Even the guys wearing Charger gear, I feel like they just have reversible jerseys. <laughs> I feel like they're paid actors. Yeah, they're paid. Yeah, they <laughs> they gave them a hundred bucks actors. to come attend the game. Just cheer on the Chargers for tonight, please. Absolutely. So we'll talk to Mike M about the NFL and the big college football game in the Pac-12 at 7.30. And then at 8, of course, uh, Ken Barkley will find out his winners this weekend. Which ones he really likes? I'm, I'm struggling a little bit this weekend in the NFL. These spreads are interesting numbers to me. And I don't know where I lean, so maybe Ken. Ken did give us the winner of the Patriots last weekend. He did. And so maybe we can get a couple more winners from Ken Barkley uh, coming up at 8 a.m. But let's get it going. Dirt and Sprague on this beautiful Thursday next on 1080 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What do you think people watched more of yesterday? Basketball or baseball? I'm assuming baseball. Playoff baseball? Around the country, yeah, probably. But I think locally, I mean, I had my eyes on both. I thought both baseball games were really good. Uh, but, I, I mean, I think people here were glued to that Blazer game last night. Hey, the Phillies got off to a 4 nothing lead. They did. I bet on the Padres. I was not feeling good early. No, and then the Padres' bats got going, and I think you got to ask yourself, did they did they find it again? Kind of got out of the, the little funk, and here we go. You had some Nola on Nola crime. That was kind of fun. I feel bad for the parents in that case. The Why? dad looked like he was in absolute hell. Well, here's the thing. Because his son had a, like, the tie-breaking hit in that game. Yes. He had an RBI brother. double off his brother that then opened the floodgates for the Padres to score, like, six runs in an inning and take the lead. You don't think that they were secretly rooting for the kid they liked the most? Uh, I mean, I, I I don't know which kid they liked the most, so mom, it's hard to answer. Mom was. Mom was? Yeah, mom was. <laughs> well, which kid do you think they like better? I think they like Austin. Well, what, what, what does Austin do? Oh, Aaron's the better baseball player. Austin strikes me as less douchey. Aaron... Spoken like a true Braves fan. Wow. Austin's big brother. Well, yeah, let, he's the older brother. He's the older let brother. Me ask you, let me ask you this. Sam Johnson's on the bump facing Andy Johnson in that same spot. Uh-huh. Jason Swigard's on the bump facing other Swigard at, at the plate. Brother Swigard. Brother Swigard, who I've never met, but I've heard is eight feet tall. He's six. He's legit 6'4". Six, God, how did you get the short end of that stick? I'm still asking those questions. Yeah. Uh, who are your parents rooting for, you think? Uh, I don't. I, my mom would probably have a heart attack and combust if something like that <laughs> happened. I think she would just, like, fall over, just keel over. She couldn't handle it. She couldn't handle watching one of us play sports if we were competing against the two of each other. I could totally see your mom oh, combusting. Just, just like, boom. Ah! Where'd she go? Poof, just disappeared. Where'd she? What happened? She couldn't handle it anymore. Who's Rocky rooting for? <laughs> I don't know. So here's the, here's the thing. To your point. My mom's rooting for my little brother, by the way. I'll play the game because I feel like I'm putting you guys in a weird, uncomfortable spot. I'll play this well, game. Well, I don't know who my parents like more, me or my brother. See, I and that's the thing is I'm old. I grew up in my house with just me and my little brother. My other two brothers grew up with my dad. And so, like, I was the older brother in my house, right? Even though I'm kind of like the middle bottom child of the four. Uh, my mom, without a doubt, is absolutely 100% certain rooting for my little brother to succeed against me in that spot. Now, she would refute this. Brandon! She would say, no, I'm telling you, I know this for a fact. 
And it's probably why I'm so damaged, but I'm also okay admitting this out loud. My mom would be rooting for my little brother in that spot. Yeah, I don't – it's a hard one to answer. Uh, I will say the only leaning rooting interest, if I, like, put myself in the position of those parents that I would have, Aaron Nola's been an ace in baseball for a long time. Yes. He's one of the better pitchers in the game. He had a dominant start against the Braves in the divisional round. Like, we've seen it, right? We know how good Aaron – if you watch baseball, you know how good Aaron Nola is. Austin Nola is quite a different story. Like, he is a minor league journeyman that had to spend, I want to say, seven or eight years in the minors, almost quit a couple of times, finally broke through in Seattle, and now is, like, catching on and having a decent little run. But he is—he was not the phenom. He was not the guy that was, like, handed a red carpet to the big leagues. He had to work his way there. So if you, w- if you were trying to find a rooting interest, as a parent, that would be in the back of my mind. Like, Aaron Nola's going to have more of these opportunities, I feel like. I don't know how many more Austin Nola has. Well, what if the Padres sweep out the series now and they win it and we don't see Nola again? And then, like, I, everything you're I just, saying I makes think sense the Phillies are going to be. The Phillies aren't going anywhere. No, I don't think they're going They got any- Schwarber. They got Harper. They got Castellano. Like, they have a loaded lineup. Zach Wheeler's undercut. Like, they're not going anywhere. Well, but they also kind of struggled there to get even into the playoffs. Like, it wasn't like That's they. That's baseball, though, right? I, I, know, I know. I know. But I, I, it, we've done this before. The team we think is always going to yeah. be there, they're not always there, is kind of my point. But I think yeah. your story angle is a good one of. You know, your brother had to fight his ass off to even be up at this level. You've been gifted slightly better skill set. I think they were rooting for uh, the Padres. I, I could see that. But did you see the video of his dad in the stands? I did, Right yeah. after the hit. He yes. was standing there, and he looked like he... He didn't know what to do. Like, he just he needed a tall scotch. <laughs> yes. Like, a lot of scotch. Like, uh, he wasn't I... clapping. He wasn't celebrating. Because if you cheer... For Austin getting the hit, you're technically cheering that Aaron Nola gave up a big RBI double. Well, but what do you think the mom, I, she got highlighted on this a couple weeks ago, the mom of the Diggs brothers, uh, the cowboy. What's yeah, Trayvon and uh, Stefan. Trayvon and Stefan. Yeah. Who do you think she's rooting for? Super Bowl, <laughs> AFC, NFC, Buffalo, Dallas, classic Super Bowl throwback that we get this year. And there's a deep ball for the win, one-on-one coverage, Diggs versus Diggs, like, these instances happen once in a while, and you they just got to wonder fun. what's going through the parents' brain in that moment. My question would be, does Stefan Diggs have any kids? And if he does, are they as cute as Trevon's? Because I could see Grandma rooting for that cute grandkid. Oh. That kid was awesome. From Hard Knocks? Wait, what are you talking about? Trevon Diggs' kid. Do you not remember that in the Cowboys no, Hard Knocks? not at all. Oh, he was hilarious in that show. Is he the one talking to Dak? Yeah, he's talking to all oh, the players, okay. and he's cheering in the stands like, that's my dad, okay, and he's like going yeah, crazy. That that's a cute-ass kid. So you think his mom is rooting for him because he's got cute kids and yeah. Stefan might not have kids? I don't know if Stefan Diggs has kids or not. I don't oh. know this information. Okay. Right. But based on my uh, research into grandmothers and what they want, they want, they want grandchildren. Or mothers and what they want. They want grandchildren. So your mom's rooting for your brother. Uh, yeah, probably. She's wow. given three grandkids. And she's like, what have you done for what me, What the hell Andrew? are you doing around here? Are you okay. playing too much yeah. golf? Playing uh, too much golf. Yeah. Is swag, where do you think your, your parents' allegiances would lie in that situation? Uh, uh, Papa Swag would try and play it down the middle. Okay. He'd be supportive. You know, he'd be excited for whoever won. He'd be supportive for whoever lost. Uh, my mom... Mm, here we go. It's more competitive. Yeah. Uh, it would depend on who, I think, Dirt's theory about who's had more success, who's had more opportunities, who's had more of the limelight. You guys are the same she level of would, star and have the same amount of years' success. 
Ah. It's literally the same. All right. Look at the Swigards, huh? They're lighting it up in baseball. Uh, probably going with the younger brother. Wow. Yeah, the younger one tends <laughs> to win these moments. It could. Well, I, I, I am the younger brother, the more, so maybe I'm getting rooted for I was always the more the independent, plant my own flag, I'll do it myself sort of thing. Okay. Well, it sounds like you guys have... That was like a nice subliminal shot at your brother. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> no. He's mooching off him for years. <laughs> I did my own thing. <laughs> no, he was just more quiet about it. He was he was a little bit more... He wasn't so audacious as I was. And somebody brings up a good point. We had this in the Super Bowl with the Harbaugh parents. Yeah, we did. John, Harbaugh versus Harbaugh. John versus Jim. And I think their dad did an interview before the game, if I remember this correctly, because I was going crazy for the Niners to win. And his dad basically was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a winner either way. It's like, well, well you're right. not wrong. Yeah, there's a Harbaugh that's going to win yeah. a Super Bowl today. Parents so. are going to a World Series no matter what. Which yeah, is very, true. very true. I think that's the, the mentality that I would have. I'm going to cheer no matter what. If he strikes him out, I'm cheering because that means one of my sons had a big moment. If he gets a hit, I'm yeah. cheering because that means they're having a big moment. I think moment. you're clapping. You're, sure, clapping. You're not cheering. You're kind of, The only know. thing you should never do in those cases, and if it happens, I will root against both of the players, don't wear one of the double jerseys. Mm. We no, got it. Dad we, had, he had two jerseys. He had two jerseys on. Had one over the we other. need to ban the double jersey. You mean the jointed, the jointed yeah, jersey? Yeah, Padre yeah. Philly needs to be burned. Hold on, all of them. I'm Hold not just on. talking Padres and Phillies. Stop. I'm talking all. Do- <laughs> Remember the Blazer fan that showed up and tried to get on our show because he wore a half Blazer Lamarcus, half Spur Lamarcus jersey. I do remember. And he that. showed up to the game yes. and he sent us a DM and was like, "Hey, bring me on the show. Let me talk about my jersey." Well, he went viral. I think. No, no, yeah. I, no. We're not going to do that. First off, those need to be banned. We he's need a, to stop the meshing of jerseys. I believe he's a teacher, so we'd like to thank him for his service. But, thank you for uh, your service. Yeah, he was wearing the half jersey. I, I'm okay with the half jersey. It's not something I necessarily would do. Sometimes people can make him look okay. I think in that instance, I'm okay with the half jersey. It's your know. kids. I'm out. You were too. The look. last names on the back, you got an N-O and, you know, red and gray. Go or with a, da- Dad wore two jerseys. He wore a Philly jersey and a Padre jersey. But what jersey was on top? Uh, I think the Philly jersey. So the Philly jersey was on, but I guess you're kind of re- telling me who you're rooting for. Well, because but he his reversed son him is- when he was at the other stadium, he said. See, and I would say that his son was with the Philly jersey was pitching, so he's gonna he's gonna yeah, be cheering said, more. Yeah, for he him. said when Aaron yeah. was pitching, he put the Philly jersey on top, and when yeah. he didn't, the Padres and jersey the Padres was jersey. on top. Yeah. Make it make it two jerseys. Make two jerseys into what? That's no, what I'm I'm think. anti two jersey guy. Um, they're an abomination. Yankees. Fall to the Astros. They get out early. Astros come back. They win 4-2. They're up one nothing in the LCS. Anything stand out to you in that? No, I actually... Uh, I, good baseball game. I thought both of them were really good. The Yankees came back a little bit late. Verlander was good. He had 11 Ks. I, there, I hammered the Astros yesterday. I mean, just look, think of what the Yankees had to go through of having game five delayed a day. Your bullpen's a little taxed, right? You win that game and you jump on the plane. You got to go fly into and, and Houston and play a fresh Astros team. Like, they were always going to lose that game in my mind. And I think the key for them is the same as it was for Philly. Just Philly, you know, did it in the first game. You just got to get a split. You got Severino going against Valdez today. They get a split. I think that's going to be a long competitive series. But both games were really good yesterday. All right, LCS check-in. San Diego Philly 1-1. Now it goes back to Philadelphia. We'll see if the Padres' bats are alive now. And uh, Houston, New York is uh, Houston up one nothing in the ALCS. They went 4-2 yesterday against the Yanks. Let's get to our Pac-12 picks against the spread. Uh, not a whole lot of games, but uh, interesting ones nonetheless with interesting numbers. We'll do that coming up next. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right, welcome back in. We'll talk a little uh, Pac-12 coming up here. We'll dive into the Blazers at 7 o'clock. They made their season debut yesterday against the Sacramento Kings. Our, our show parlay didn't hit. No, it didn't. But Came close, though. But we did talk about sprinkling some action on the Blazers, plus two. I, I, I was all over the money line I last did the night. money line, too. You get to two points. I'm just taking the money line at that mm-hmm. point. Um, the one that hurt me was I, I gambled the... Uh, uh, and I, I, w- I was feeling great about it. I had Dallas on the money line. They were like a four or five point underdog. And I thought, hey, Phoenix, a little dysfunctional. And they were up 61-41 at the end of the... F- that was the last time I looked at the score until this morning. Well, then they benched Chris Paul <laughs> and they started winning. What the hell's going on here? Phoenix is going to be a weird team this yeah, year. They are going to be very weird. Um, but we'll get into the Blazers stuff. And then Mike Yam coming up at 7.30. A lot to discuss. Let's start it. Pac-12 picks against the spread. Every Thursday at 6.30. Dirt, update on records. Uh, we had rough weeks last week, boys. Uh, Sprague, you and I went 2-3. and three. Jason Swigart, yeah. you were a 1-4. and four. Never so happy to be uh, losing after uh, <laughs> watching the Beavs. That was impressive. Yeah, all of us took Washington State. Uh, we got, uh, Sprague and I got USC right. Uh, we all got Stanford right. And then all three of us took Washington. Oopsies. Whoops. And all three of us took Cal. Oopsies. Yeah, I'm done with Washington and the 14-point <laughs> spread stuff. I'm, the rest of the year, don't care. I'm done with it. So here you go. Season record. Sprague, you're still in first 36-19-1. and one. Uh, I am 31-24-1. And, and Jason Swigard, you are 24-31-1. and uh, one. <laughs> not, not good. Hey, maybe you can get past 500, though. We're only at the halfway ends. point. you got oh, a no, lot got, of games to go. to go. All right, let's start it. Um, I'm going to go kind of in order here of how much we care about this game. I'll start Arizona State against Stanford. Arizona State on the road, on the farm. Stanford, two-and-a-half-point favorite. This is a 1 o'clock kick on the Pac-12 network. Yeah, I think we've reached the point in the season where you just wonder what team's going to show up every week because all these teams are now, once Colorado wins a game, everybody's capable of winning a game. But what kind of effort are you going to get from those teams? And I don't really know what to make of ASU or Stanford. I don't think either of them are particularly good. But they're both feeling pretty good about themselves the way they're playing right now. Stanford just won at Notre Dame and ended that long losing streak. This is solely based on coaching. David Shaw is the advantage over a guy that I've never really heard of before. Now that there's a home field advantage, it's only two and a half. I'll take Stanford. I think they can win the game by a field goal. Yeah, you just, uh, who's going to be, like you said, who's going to be more interested in this? Uh, I think Stanford, that winning on the road at Notre Dame can really propel them. They can ride that wave here a little bit, but... Just some confidence that they're still a good football team. I mean, they I, should have back-to-back wins. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I don't know where where Arizona State's heads are at at this point. It, it, how many of them are looking at the transfer portal and the end of the season. So Shaw's good for a field goal win. In this I ask you guys this question. I know Stanford's 2-4, and four, and before that, 1-4, and four, obviously. The odd that they just beat Notre Dame is... The way that they did, and they're home now, and they're only two and a half. Doesn't that kind of make you raise your eyebrows a little bit? Like It's a funky line. I, I want to take Stanford, two here at two and a half. But I'm telling you right now, I just thought that number would be like a three and a half. 
I don't think Vegas knows what to do with them because they were blown out in all their other games, and the only other one they had a chance to win, they blew in the fourth quarter. Yeah, but they, I mean, you really made a point there. They should have beaten Oregon State. They should be 3-3 three and three right now, not 2-4. and four. Uh, I'm going to take it. Look, I said Stanford. I still wonder about the Shaw stuff. I think ultimately Stanford's going to end up being the 6-6 six and six type team. I, I think this is another step towards that. I'll take Stanford minus the 2-and-a-half. Uh, Colorado going on the road to Corvallis. Five o'clock kick, Pac-12 Network, where every Oregon State game has been on the Pac-12 Network. And uh, this hey, not one, the Fresno game that was on CBS Sports, CBS Network. Sports okay. Network. Thank you. Boise no, State was on ESPN. Yeah, that was ESPN. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. Uh, Seven thirty uh, ESPN game. Come on. Let's not act like every other game hasn't been on the Pac-12 Network. Stanford game was on ESPN. Okay, you're making a good point. You're poking a lot of holes in my theory here. <laughs> It feels like they've been relegated to windows that aren't important, and I understand That why, is a valid that's point. That's a valid point. Okay, thank you. Oregon State hosting the Buffs, who are coming off their win against Cal. Oregon State minus 23 and a half. Look, I, yeah, this has nothing to do with Oregon State. This has, we need to put Colorado in a window that nobody cares about because nobody cares about Colorado. Uh, this is the window that Colorado will probably play in all year. I, I honestly don't know where to go here. So it's going to rain. Oregon State's coming off an emotional win against Stanford, come from behind, and a nice dominating win against Washington State. And vice versa to that, Colorado, we know, is the worst team in the conference despite still beating Cal last week. I could see kind of a hangover effect here for Oregon State. With the rain, with the weather, game kind of being sloppy. You're taking the points. I'm going to take the points. Wow. I'm going to take Colorado plus 23. Today I'm big wood. Bill Conley's model has the Beavs 24-point favorites. Uh, or advantage yeah. over Colorado. So it's right at that right line. Right at the number. 23 and a half. It's a lot of points. Dirt's taking the points. Swag, what are you Colorado doing? Colorado is dead last in the conference by a long way in rushing yards allowed. The rain, I think, will trigger Lindgren and Jonathan Smith. We don't have to do too much fancy stuff here. They're going to run it down their throats. All three running backs have a chance to each get 100 yards in this game if they stay committed to it. Bees roll. Lay the points. <laughs> yeah, usually give me a lot of points. Gets me excited. I, I'm just taking the defense and the run game here. And I still think Colorado's drunk from their win against Cal. I, I think that was their Probably Super Bowl. They, they won their game. the field, man. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to rain. Yeah, I, I just I think the run game and Oregon State's defense here, it's, it's going to be hard for me to see Cal scoring more than 13 points. Colorado. Uh, Colorado scoring more than 13 points. Maybe for Cal, too. Uh, I, I, <laughs> we'll get to that game in a second. <laughs> I think Oregon State will put up about 30 to 35. Um, I'm going to take the Beavs here, minus the 23 and a half. Lay the right. wood. Uh, Washington at Cal, 7.30 game on ESPN in Berkeley. It's a fishy line. Washington, minus 7 and a half. <laughs> this is a fishy line. And this is a really big game for Washington, I think, because... They avoided the trap of Arizona last week. They what didn't about come. Cal? They're three and three. They could be four. I just and three. don't think Cal's very good. Well, but they could still be four they and could. three. They could. They could. Yeah. They, I mean, they they're heading to a bowl game if they win this game. I guess we'll leave it at that. But I'm I'm more interested in Washington and where they're going this year. I mean, despite their bad defense, if you win this weekend, you're six and two and you're bowl eligible through eight games, and you got a you got a really good chance of getting to seven or eight wins. They've had struggles, though, on the road, and this is a weird line to me. I know that Cal just lost to Colorado. They're not that bad. They didn't show up. They didn't play in that game. I think you're going to get a better effort from Cal this week. They're going to run the football efficiently on Washington because how bad their defense is. I don't think Cal's going to win this game outright, 
but on the road late at night down in Berkeley, they can cover the number. I'm taking Cal plus seven and a half. Yeah, the hook is really bothering me on this one. I, well, we know Washington's going to score. Yeah. Do we know that? Yeah. Why do Why do you think we know that? They scored in every game they played. Sc- even when they've gotten it's blown out. It's not like Cal's got a dominant defense. They've still put up, you know, 20 to 24 for the most part. Okay. It's Can they get to 35 or 40? I think that's kind of what I'm hinting at here. Is and, Cal's defense going to be ready for that offense? But even if Washington puts up 24-25, can Cal score 20? I'm, I'm not taking any Washington defense thing And here. that's the thing. I don't I, think they're that good. I don't know where Cal's head's at either. <laughs> well, they just lost. I think their head is let's not yeah. lose again. I think I'll take the points. Seven and a hook. I just got to tell you, taking Washington with – over a touchdown amount of points is nerve-wracking. Mm-hmm. I've done it too many times this year. At a principle, I'm taking Cal plus seven and a half. It's a big, I mean, that's a, I don't. Washington should not be favored by that over anybody other than Colorado. But if they win by 17, I won't be surprised. I mean, they just played Arizona at home. I don't think Arizona's a very good team. That was a 14 and a half point spread, and they won by 10. And it was kind of closer than that throughout but the course they, of the if game. If they win by 10, they cover this number. This number they do, but I, they're on the road. They're not at home, and I think Cal's better defensively than Arizona. Is it a hostile road environment? Is a, yeah, they pack that house, dude. Pack and that place. Ott needs to get it going. If Ott gets it going for the Cal, they can win this game. Uh, if not, yeah, it's going to be a struggle bus for them. Last game, UCLA, Oregon. The Bruins coming to town. Chip Kelly, number nine UCLA against number 10 Oregon. 12.30 kick on Fox. So, Oregon State, Colorado got the primetime time slot. 5 o'clock kick. Yeah, they did. Yeah, you want to trade? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. UCLA at Oregon. Oregon right now, six-point favorites. This line is really weird. It's been weird all week. I, You know, we had paid on, on on Monday, and he's going to be in Eugene this weekend. He said he would imagine the spread would be somewhere three, three and a half. That's where I think the line should be, right? I mean, you give the three points usually to the home environment and how good Oregon is at Autzen. So, I would imagine Oregon should be favored by a field goal. The six and a half number has stood out to me all week. And it leaves me wondering, what does Vegas know? Not six and a half. Six and a half. So, yeah. No, six. six. Oh, six. Okay. Six, yeah. So, six points. But it's, it, I think it's waffled a little bit. It's gone up and down throughout the course of the week. So, we're at six right now. I th- th- Because the line is weird and because I'm, I'm confident in the way Oregon's playing right now, I'm going to take the Ducks to cover this number. I think it's going to be a great competitive game back and forth, but they can win it, you know, 42, 35, 38, 31, somewhere in that range. I think they can win by a touchdown. I'll take Oregon. Turnovers, obviously, I mean, they're big in every game, but this one uh, will be massive because both offenses have the potential to really score uh, from anywhere on the field. Short fields will be huge. I think the Ducks, I think the Ducks sense what the opportunity is with this game. And uh, I think they'll be a little bit more galvanized. I think they've got the right type of defensive players at linebacker to contain DTR um, and make him have to make decisions. I know he's uh, experienced, but he's always prone for that one game where all of a sudden he just throws three or four picks. This might be the one I'll take the Ducks laying the six. Swag, you've used a couple terms in some of these games that I have to push back and ask you. You say you think... You think the Ducks understand the magnitude? Of this? Does UCLA not understand the magnitude of this game? Well, I mean, no, I, I'm not saying that. I, I just, I think there's, you know, after that humbling experience against Georgia, and they've had a couple of games they've had to grind out. 
now they're back in position, maybe where they were expectations at the start of the season. I just, I think it's a momentum thing for them. Yeah, to me, it's it's as simple as whose hogs are going to show up, and then Oregon's at home. I'm going to take UCLA in the points here. The model for Conley has this at a one and a half point difference. I'm going to play those five points. Field goal win. I, I don't know. You know, maybe it'll be UCLA. Maybe it'll be Oregon. Maybe one of them will blow out the other. But I think we're going to get a very good football game. And uh, I just, I think this is more of a field goal range type thing for me, even with the home field advantage. And it's going to be loud in Oxen Stadium. Yeah, that place is going to be a party. I'm expecting people to have tweets, and I don't know if you'll be one of them, but I'm expecting people to tweet that it's the loudest they can remember Otson being. Even if that's true or not true, I think that's <laughs> kind of what we're going to get. And so that might play a big factor in this weekend. But that's a lot of points. I think UCLA's good. Um, their weapons are dangerous. And you mentioned the over here on the bet. It's going to be hard to get a stop, so it's one of those, hey, whoever has the ball last might win the game. Very well could be. But I'll take the six points just in the out chance it's a field goal type game. Uh, so I'll take UCLA plus a six. There we go. There's our Pac-12 picks against the spread. Uh, we do it every Thursday at 630. Talk some more football. We'll do it next on The Fan. All right, we'll get into the Blazers starting 1-0. Uh, what was the story for you last night? I, this is a pretty simple answer. I can't even believe this is a close poll question. Um, and we'll talk about that win yesterday. We got Mike Yam coming up at the bottom of the second hour of the show. Ken Barkley will hop on at 8. And uh, we'll continue to go in and out of uh, some other storylines throughout the sports landscape. I-, I wanted to talk a little bit about college football um, and the Pac-12 specifically. Like, games we're not really highlighting. Washington, Cal, I'll be honest with you, we're probably not going to talk about that tomorrow. I-, I know we have Husky fans out there, and yeah, yeah. we love that you guys hang with us and give us crap on the fan text line and... You know, I've said this before. I have a little bit of an allegiance to that university because of my cousin. But uh, I'm just kind of curious what you make of Cal Washington outside of what we just did with Pac-12 picks against the spread. It's a really interesting spot and something you noted, just what it means in the general sense. I know they have bigger aspirations with Kalen DeBoer and that program. But what it would mean for them to go to 6-2, and to clinch a bowl eligibility bid this early in the season... When you have so many more, like they get Oregon State at home. They do the very and next week. Or ask, I know there's a bye week, and then they get them first week of November, which is big because you know that's it's nice to have the bye week in there. And Oregon State is also going to go on the bye. But ask any Beaver fan about going to Seattle. It's a very uncomfortable feeling. Doesn't matter what those two teams are. Oregon State's best year in some time was that year they were ranked sixth in the country. They were doing the Matt, the the Mannion Vaz thing. Riley goes Mannion. Vaz is healthy, but he goes Mannion. Mannion comes out, throws some picks, they lose the game, they get upset. Washington wasn't good that year. And so ask any Oregon State fan, going to Seattle's it's terrible for Oregon State. It would be huge for you, Dub, to win this weekend at Cal, late kick in Berkeley, and go 6-2 and two into a bye? Yeah, I mean, I've been saying for a couple of weeks, I think it's important for Husky fan to remind themselves of what they thought coming into the year. Uh, you know, when they rattled off those that 4-0 start and they beat Stanford, they smoked Michigan State the way that they did. I think we allowed ourselves to buy in a little bit too far to who they were and where they were going. And that doesn't mean that Washington's a bad team and can't pull off some upsets down the stretch. But I think we immediately put them back in that category of, wow, they can compete for the conference. I know I did. When they beat Stanford the way they did and followed up the Michigan State win for a 4-0 start, it's like, oh, my God, they, 
yeah, they can win the conference. They look great. Who's stopping that offense? Their defense is serviceable. And then they had the back-to-back really bad games where they got they got mollywhopped by UCLA. I know this final score looked better than it indicated, uh, but that was a blowout. Then UCLA took it to them. And then to have a backup quarterback hang 45 points on you at ASU, that was a really bad back-to-back for them. But they bounced back last week, and I think the ultimate goal for them coming into the year was always get to seven or eight wins. And so you could get to bowl eligibility this weekend with a win, and it's not going to be easy because I think Cal is going to be that feisty bounce back. I mean, we all took Cal to cover that number plus seven and a half. So I imagine this is going to be a close game. The question for Cal will be. I don't think Swag did. I think Swag took you dub. Oh, Swag, did you take you dub? No, I took Cal. Yeah, he took oh, Cal. Okay. Yeah, we all took Cal. Um, I, I just I imagine it will be though a close back and forth game. It'll come down to can Cal's offense do enough to keep up with Washington's because we know. Washington has an elite offense still. I mean, they've scored, I think, uh, their lowest point total is 32 on the year, and that was their loss to UCLA. Every other game, they've been above 40 on the season, uh, basically, or close to that number. So this offense is absolutely loaded. The defense is going to be an issue. But you win this week. You got OSU at home after a bye. Then you still play Colorado at home on 11-19. So you got an easy chance to get to seven wins with a win over Colorado. Oregon State's a toss-up. That could get you to eight. And then you see if you can pull off an upset. I don't expect it against Oregon or, or Washington State on the road. But an eight-win season or a seven-win season, to go three wins or four wins better than you were last year, that's a huge step in the right direction. According to PFF, they have the third-best offense in the Pac-12. Yeah. I mean, who else would you? UCLA is one. Oregon State is two. And this is all the metrics. Pass blocking, receiving, cat, you know. Yeah, I, I got an issue with that. but Well, I know, but like I did. I saw last... those numbers, and I just, I don't. I don't care what the numbers tell me. You can't tell me Oregon State's offense is better than USC's, Oregon's, UCLA's, or Washington's. I think they got a good offensive line. They can run the football. But with that quarterback play, you cannot tell me there are metrics that point to that offense being better. Well, but that's the thing is they take in the offensive line part of this. I'm not saying that Oregon State's offense, I don't even think the Oregon State's offensive line is as good as I thought it would be. But they just take in these different metrics. I played this game last week and with the Washington State-Oregon State game, I use one website and I use the other and one website beat the other. In the metrics that they use, I saw it on the field play out, and I said, okay, well, that website was right there. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're not the, the third best, or Oregon State's the second best. But just in the general sense of, of offensive ranking in the country, uh, Washington is 20th, Oregon State is 19th, and or no, US, USC is ahead of them. So okay. it's UCLA, USC, Oregon State, UW. My apologies. Okay. So th- to your point. Oregon's not a top four offense in the Pac-12. How about that? Well, I think the Alabama game is the one that still metrics-wise hurts them stats-wise. This doesn't say conference play. Um, But to your point, the only pushback I would say to what you were talking about there, I don't think Husky fan is sitting in a we-need-a-perspective refresher. I think they were after four weeks. Eh, Maybe they were. They, there's a there's a real possibility they were because you beat Michigan State on TV at home as, you know, what were they, 11th or whatever they were ranked when they came into Seattle. That was a primetime ABC game. And they Absolutely. There's a possibility of that. But I think once you lose your first game at UCLA, the way that you did, you basically got bludgeoned. And then you did this comeback and cut it to like a one-score loss. The ASU loss, I didn't see that coming, but... You know, we, we, we is this not the story of kind of college football? Coach gets fired, team plays better. Colorado just won their first game. Mm-hmm. What happened? Their coach got fired. Arizona State looks like a different football team than they did against Eastern Michigan. What happened? Herm got fired. So, yeah, I think that can happen from time to time in college football. UW's problem is their road woes. I mean, they, they well, just, and their defense is historically well, bad. Yeah, but their defense can get a stop at home when they need to, whereas it doesn't seem to be a traveling situation. 
You go to UCLA, doesn't look good. You go to ASU, doesn't look good. You're going to Cal now, and you just are they going to bring that down with them? If Jay Knott can be slowed down, UW should be able to win this game maybe by double digits because Cal can't do much if they can't run the football. No. Plummer's not going to beat you with his arm, and so this is a good opportunity for the Huskies. I'll ask you very quickly, and then we'll go to the, the Blazer stuff. Uh, Oregon State, Colorado. I don't really care about spreads here. I just kind of ask, like... I mean, just win the game. Yeah, this is just, like, take care of business, right? Don't don't fool around or flirt with Colorado being close to you going into the fourth quarter. Stuff. No, this is a gimme. You have the, When you have a gimme on your schedule, you got you to gotta make your gimmies. Okay, this is a one-foot putt. Just go tap it in, and the game is over. I don't care if you cover the 23-and-a-half. I don't care if you win by a field goal. And honestly, at this I mean, point in the we season... we would care if they won by a sure, field goal. Sure, we would ask that what's would, going wrong, but yeah. you would get to bowl eligibility and be 6-2 and two through eight weeks. Oh, it'd be a good right? like, year. I'm not, not going to overly... Like, you get to these kind of moments in the middle of the season, you're going into a bye week, it's hard to get your team motivated to play Colorado. It just is. You're taking on the worst team in all of college football. And I think there's a mindset inside that locker room of, like, this is going to be a layup. So if Oregon State sleepwalks through this thing a little bit, I'm not going to be surprised. I just The ultimate thing is win the game, get to 6-2, and two, go into your bye. And I, gotta, I had a, a thought bubble on that because you reminded me with the Oregon State-Washington thing. So both of them have a bye yeah. after this week before they play. And, look, the, the Pac-12 gets raked over the coals, rightfully so, for a lot of different reasons. I'm giving them credit here, at least so far this year. We haven't had any of those weird scheduling snafus. Like, Oregon and UCLA is setting up to be the biggest game of the season for your conference. What are both teams coming off of? A bye. Like, finally, we have a situation where it's like, yeah, that's a big primetime game. We want both teams to be healthy. We want it to be strength on strength. And we gave them both a bye. It feels like in years past, it would be, you know, UCLA would have to beat Utah and then go on the road and play on like a Friday night in Eugene where Oregon's coming off a bye. There was a couple years ago where that happened in the Pac-12. Every time there was a big upset or the team had a big statement win, they would have to go on the road the next week and play a team that was coming off of a bye. And the team that was coming off of the bye would win the game every time. And so to have that where it's kind of balanced out and both teams are set up for success, well done, Pac-12. Uh, All right, coming up in the second hour, Mike Yam at 7.30. We got crunch time at 7.45, but we start the second hour with some encouraging news last night. Biggest takeaway from the Blazers is this. We'll tell you what that is. Hour two, Dirt and Sprague on the fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.